Hello, I'm Dr. Michelle McKinney-Hammond and welcome to Life Talk, where we discuss all things pertaining to living, loving, and overcoming. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about How to Make Love Work, which is actually a book that I'll be launching in April along with my Love Master class. So let's dig into the topic of love, how to work it, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to enjoy it. Before we get started today, I want to share with you something that I'm totally excited about. Do you want to know what to do until love finds you or how to recognize the right one? How to get from hello to I do? How to break unsuccessful cycles in your romantic life? How to get past loneliness? Well, the Love Master Class was designed just for you. It's all about getting real about life, love, and happiness, and I hope you'll join me. Um, it is chocked full of wisdom, things for you to think about, things for you to do, and I've got so many praise reports from previous classes. I think that it's your time this time. Simply log on to michellehammond.com and click on the Love Masterclass button, and you're in. Can't wait to see you. Don't forget, there's an early bird special for the month of February only. I got some feedback from the last podcast and thought we should continue this notion of knowing yourself and go in a little deeper on what that entails and how to go about it because I feel that it's such a critical thing that we must master in order to have healthy relationships that bring us the fulfillment and the peace and the joy that we really long for. People were asking me, well, how do you know yourself? Can you go in to more detail about that? And so I had to revisit it and not just gloss over it. So here we go. The first thing, the first thing that will help you get to know yourself is to spend time with you. Oh, now I know some folks just recoiled right there because a lot of people don't like spending time with just themselves. They're afraid of the silence, what the silence will say, the thoughts, the random things that will come into mind, or maybe even the imperfections that they'll get to see more clearly because they're spending time with themselves. It's kind of like looking in the mirror. When you look in the mirror too long, you know you will find something wrong. You'll find a pimple. You'll find something that you didn't notice was on your face before, but yet it's a necessary part of the process because when we're talking about spending time with ourselves, it really means that we're cultivating love for ourselves, not in an egotistical, selfish type of way, but just a real appreciation for God's creation when it comes to you. You know, um, Psalm 139 is one of my favorite Psalms, and I like the uh, message translation. He says, God, investigate my life. Have you taken the time to investigate your life? Do you really know yourself? Do you know what you want? Amazing to me that when I get into conversations with people about relationships and I say, what do you want? I get a blank face like they never thought about it. Well, I just want to be happy. Yes, but what do you want? What about the relationship is going to make you happy? What about the relationship is going to make you feel affirmed, validated, valued, treasured, loved, possessed, all those things that you want? What does a person have to do to make you feel that way? 
Well, that gets into the things that you value, doesn't it? Kindness, gentleness, empathy, maybe a sense of humor. I got to have a sense of humor. I don't know about you. Uh, Perhaps you're a person that loves art. That's important to you. You have dogs. So that person's got to love dogs. I mean, that's these are things that are the fire test for if that person can take time in your life and if it's someone that you eventually want to walk through life with. So what do you know about yourself? What do you know about what's important to you? What can you live with? What can't you live without? All of these things. If you need a journal, pull out that journal and write those things down. The list of I can't stands. The list of, okay, these are compromises that I'm willing to make. And then be open to the process of discovering what else? What else about you? What do you want people to know about you? Write an introduction of yourself to others. What would that introduction be like? What would you want on the list of things that you wanted that person to know about you? Investigate your life and get all the facts firsthand. The psalmist went on to say, I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything that I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I love old couples. They finish each other's sentences. They like It's like they're living inside each other's heads. And literally they are because they have gone the full journey of becoming one. They know themselves, they know one another. And this is there's a certain comfort level about that when you know what to expect from the other person. It gives you a chance to adjust expectations and not expect more than what they have the capacity to give. And that's why it's so important for you to know you, know what's important, so that when you meet that person and you're doing the interview and you're asking them all the questions, you're hitting the buttons to make sure that you're finding out all the crucial and critical things that are important to you up front. You're not investing your heart at the beginning. I find that a lot of people meet people and go, oh, I'm in love. In love with what? What do you know about the person? Um, well, they're cute. What else? Well, they're nice. What else? Do you know if they need anger management? Do you know their views on raising children? Do you know how they handle their finances? Do you know about their relationship with God? Do you know what's important to them? Well, no. Well, then what do you love? You cannot be in love with something that you don't know. So we're in love with the idea of love. And sometimes it paints fantasies and pictures of people that don't really exist. So it's very, very important to know and have your list and have be clear about it. Count the cost before you invest your heart. Before we continue, let's take a break and enjoy the music of my music ministry, Relevance. It's like heaven 
was heaven by relevance my music ministry in ghana hope you enjoyed it if you did you can log on to relevancelife.org to download a copy when you're spending time with yourself too it's a really good time to build intimacy with god i'm going to challenge you to allow him to be the one that fills the empty spaces as opposed to looking for someone externally to do that um as as you know one of my favorite sayings is desperation diminishes discernment. When we're looking for someone to fill the empty spaces, when we're looking for someone to complete us, validate us, affirm us, make us happy, make us feel whole, we'll usually end up with the wrong person because we're in a state of hungry. Have you ever gone to the grocery store when you're hungry? Everything looks good, doesn't it? You buy that stuff, you get home, you go, "What the heck?" Why did I buy all of this? This isn't even anything that I needed or wanted. And then we have buyer's remorse. So the way to curtail that and get around that is to be whole, to be happy, to be you, authentically you, enjoying who you are before you meet that person. So spend time with yourself, spend time with God, learn how to communicate with him how to be totally honest about how you feel i had a good vent session with god this morning just between me you and you know me you and the doorpost every now and then you just have to go there you got to just let it all out get it all out of your system and guess what he can take it someone else might not be able to take it all but he can take it um and you know what he's not surprised by anything that you're feeling he's not surprised by your loneliness your frustration your depression your anxiety your questions why he's ready to answer all those things and so really taking the time to communicate with god builds your communication skills with others as well you're able to be comfortable about expressing yourself asking the right questions um saying what you don't like you know it's interesting how we compromise in relationships just to keep the peace but it usually leads to a greater blow up later and we don't want that to happen we want to be able to be consistent in how we feel towards a person which means that we're absolutely comfortable with saying i'm not comfortable with that Why did you do that? It it doesn't make me feel good. Now, I am going to do another podcast on communication skills. So I don't want to go too deeply into that right now. But communicating, being honest and authentic with God is a great way to build communication skills 
for when you relate to anyone platonic or romantic in your life. So while you're spending that time, ask God to show you you. You say, how how does he do that? Well, he does that through the mirror of the Holy Spirit, but also through other people. A lot of times, we fall into patterns with people around us and certain things occur in our lives over and over again. And at that point, you have to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm the common denominator in this issue. Hmm, what is it about me? It's not about the other people. They're reacting to something that I'm putting out. You see, what you have to know is that we have actually three views of ourselves. There's my view of me, there's your view of me, and there's God's view of me. There's your view of you, there's others' view of you, and there's God's view of you. You need to investigate all three. If you've got people in your life that know how to speak the truth and love, ask them questions about yourself. Um, The other day, my little daughter asked me, do you think I'm being too aggressive? Somebody said I was aggressive. And I said, wow, and we had a whole conversation about it. But she was she was confident enough in herself to be able to ask that question, knowing that I love her and that my answer was going to be filled with grace and love because I love her. So she could take what I said. But I also thought about it. And in some instances, she is. But in, in some instances, it's good aggression, you know. So that's the way you break down things and see how other people view you and where you need to make some adjustments sometimes based on the effect that you want to have on people. If you're just living in your head, it's like I'm a singer. Um, in my head, when I sing, I sound a certain way. When it gets played back, it's a different sound, and I literally have to adjust and go, wow, that's not how it sounded in my head. I don't know if I like that, and then I have to make the adjustments. When we live inside of our heads, it's not the only place we live. We're living among other people. We're living before God, and they're able to give us input into our character and our personality and our habits that can make us even better than we already are. So it's really important to make sure that you do the full investigation of what others think, what God thinks, and not just what you think. Now, based on that, I want you to know that God has a viewpoint of you as having priceless value. A lot of times, based on what we're experiencing in relationships, um, if we've been rejected a lot or we've been betrayed or we've had disappointments with people, we tend to align our value with our experience. And that's not necessarily true. Just because a diamond isn't bought in the store doesn't mean that it's any less of a diamond, doesn't mean that it's not worth what the store is asking for the diamond. It's waiting for the right person to recognize its value and be willing to pay the price. And so it is with us. It's not about how others treat you. It doesn't diminish your value. If I take a dollar bill and I crumple it up and I tear it up, guess what? It's still a dollar bill. I can still spend it at any store because of its value, its inherent value. The value cannot be taken away from it just because of the appearance of it or who's used it before. Okay? So when you think about yourself, it's it's really important for you to have a sense of value. The value of your mind the value of your time, the value of your body, 
the value of your heart. If you don't value it, others will treat it as cheap merchandise. And that's not what you want. So you give people the cues on how you want to be treated. We literally teach others how to treat us by how we treat ourselves. When it says love your neighbor as yourself, it's not talking about ego. It's talking about the care. It's talking about the way you place value on yourself. It's talking about if you cut yourself, you're going to work to heal that. You're not going to just let it bleed out. So when you are considering yourself, consider your value. Your knowledge of your value is going to give powerful cues to whoever approaches you. They're going to get hints on how they're to approach you, how they are to treat you based on how you treat and carry yourself. And one other special gift I have for you this month. From February 13th through the 17th, you can get my novel, The Last 10%, for free. Did I say free? Yes, I said free. Log on to Amazon.com to get your free copy of The Last 10%. More details are in the caption. When you have a rich relationship with yourself, it will help you monitor your relationships with others. You'll be able to see through the lens of your healthiness whether the relationship you think you're having with that person is real or not. Sometimes we're having relationships with people that they don't know we're having with them. And when we're healthy and we're whole, we recognize from the way they respond to us where we are in their lives. Very, very important. I call it reading the room. Read the room so that you don't have misplaced expectations of what that person should do for you or with you. When you're happy and you're whole, you're able to be able to put people in their files, know where they live, where they belong, and where they see themselves in your life so that you can walk free of disappointment and unnecessary rejection. So, I think that's about all I've got to say about knowing yourself, and hopefully I covered the points that other people had questions on. If, however, you have further questions, feel free to DM me or email me. Feel free to email me at askme at michellehammond.com. I love answering questions. In winding up, consider this. Two of the greatest relationships you can ever have have nothing to do with anyone else. Those relationships are the one you have with yourself, and the one you have with God. Those are going to be the constants. Everyone else is going to move in and out of your life, but you are going to live with you for a very long time until you leave here, actually. And you are going to have a relationship with God eternally. So nurture those relationships. And based on the health of those two relationships, it's going to flow into your other relationships and bring the fulfillment, the joy, the peace, and the happiness that you've always wanted. Until next time, love always, live well. Hey, if you enjoyed our discussion today, don't just keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend, like, and subscribe. Consider donating to MMH Ministries. More details in the caption. We'd love your feedback, or perhaps you have a question. Email us at askme at michellehammond.com or DM me on any of my social media platforms. And we'll talk soon.